just because the NFL season is now firmly in the rearview mirror does not mean the betting season is over. Oh, no, 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 no. There is still plenty of opportunities to put a little something-something on the games. The NBA, college basketball, NHL, yes, golf. No matter what tickles your fancy, there is still plenty of action to whet your appetite. But just remember, where you bet is every bit as important, if not more so, than what you're betting on. That's why I tell my friends to go to mybookie.com. Oh, but my state just approved it. There's a big DraftKings fan duel, whatever. No, 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 no. Johnny come lately's. My bookie has been ahead of the game for years now. And why does that matter? Oh, I don't know. In a million ways. Better lines, better payouts, less rules, you name it. Plus, you get a bonus with me at mybookie.ag. Use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, and have your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Now, make sure you read the rules on payouts regarding bonus wagering. It does require certain levels of wagering to collect your money. But if you just want to bet straight up, you don't want the deposit, you want to make a one-time bet for a million dollars, win it, and then walk away, Fine, you can do that as well. That's a free cash bonus for making your deposit. Use promo code ZABE to claim the offer. Bet, win, and most importantly, get paid with my bookie today. You've heard me talk about Tacovas, the company carrying on all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. Well, longtime listener Jeremy emailed me to say, Zabe, I was on a work trip to Austin, knew about Tacovas from the podcast, stopped into the store. Next thing you know, I've got a damn good pair of boots and I'm looking sharp with a nice buzz to boot. Giddy up. Tacovas believes in Western for all. And you can feel that when you stop in one of their stores and get custom fitted for a new pair of boots. If you can't make it into the store, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality and the most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T E C O V A S.com and point your toes west. And as a special opportunity for our listeners, Tacovas has said they will throw in one of their best selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 at Tacovas.com. Just use promo code ZABE, that's promo code Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, at checkout. It's a $30 value, and they sell out fast. Only at Tacovas.com. They're not real good at showing you what you're buying. <laughs> and again, for $110 grand, the average guy is watching this saying, what is it? What is it you're asking me to actually look at? This is the ZabeCast. From the mean streets of McLean, Virginia, to the Harvard of the West, UC Santa Barbara. You got 30 minutes for some honest conversation about sports, life, and more? Well, good. Buckle up and let's go. (laughs) Tuesday, October 17, 2023. Thank you for downloading. It is myself today and a guest appearance, a special guest appearance from my guy, Rezzer, the car guy, the car industry guy. We were going to talk about the Derek Jeter Wagoneer ad, and I'm going to give you a little surprise. That song, I Drove All Night, you're probably thinking, who did that song? Where's that from? Well, I did a little research for once, and I 
I found something interesting about that. At least I found it interesting. We'll see if you do. That's coming up in just a bit. But first, lots to get to. A lot of odds and ends on this Tuesday. I'll start with this. I think I found the grandfather of the ale theory or perhaps the godfather of ale. Or maybe it's not even the ale theory because technically he's not leaving early. He's just leaving right away. A Twitter account under the name of Jake Yazzie put out this little video and the tale of one Dennis Drinkwater called the greatest beat the traffic guy of all time in sports fan history. Take a listen. If you're a Red Sox fan, you've seen this iconic Manny Ramirez walk-off home run a million times. What you may have failed to realize is that in that same moment, right behind home plate, another incredible athletic achievement is happening simultaneously. Some would even say it's more impressive than the home run. This is the story of Dennis Drinkwater, the greatest beat-the-traffic guy of all time. If you've watched any Red Sox games over the past 20 years, you've probably seen this guy sitting behind home plate. If you're a diehard, you probably already knew his name. Dennis Drinkwater started a glass repair company in 1969 called Giant Glass. This is Den Drinkwater. Giant Glass is based in China, here in Massachusetts. He built his company from a local repair shop to a massively recognized brand across New England. When John Henry and his ownership group purchased the Red Sox in 2001, Drinkwater was one of the first people to approach the group about sponsorship. As part of a deal to put huge Giant Glass signage in the outfield and other areas of Fenway Park, Drinkwater was given season tickets and free reign to choose whichever seats he wanted in the entire ballpark. Sam Kennedy, president and CEO of the Boston Red Sox recalls meeting with Drinkwater the day he picked out his seats. The two were walking down the third baseline towards the dugout when Drinkwater stopped dead in his tracks and said, quote, no big boy, right here. He pointed towards home plate and said, I want these four seats. Kennedy told him, they're yours. Ever since then, Drinkwater has appeared at about 95% of Boston's home games sitting right behind home plate. The only reason he misses a few games early on in the year is because he made so much money slinging glass across New England that he has to live in Florida six months a year for tax purposes. Why is all this relevant, you might ask? Because to understand why Drinkwater is so good at beating the traffic, you need to understand where he came from. Drinkwater has sat behind home plate at so many Red Sox games that he's perfected the art of beating the traffic. Let's take another look at that Manny Walker. But this time, pay close attention to what's happening behind the plate. Left field, and the Red Sox are winners! Did you see it? Let's slow down and zoom in. Drinkwater reacts to Manny's walk-off home run so quickly that he's up and... (laughs) out of his seat and making his way down the aisle before the camera even cuts to the ball in the air. If you put it to a stopwatch, Drinkwater reacts to the home run 0.55 seconds after Manny (laughs) makes contact. To put this in perspective, JT Real Muto led all Major League Baseball catchers this year with a 0.60 second exchange time, which measures how quickly a catcher stands up and releases the ball on a stolen base attempt. Drinkwater's reaction time was quicker. That is f***. Ridiculous. Here's another angle where he just throws an elbow at the guy sitting next to him. Nobody is getting in this guy's way of getting home. This isn't the only example of Drinkwater putting on an absolute masterclass behind home plate either. David Ortiz's walk-off home run in Game 4 of the 2004 ALCS? Drinkwater was there too. And you know where he wasn't? Sitting in f***. Traffic because the second that ball left the yard, he was already in the concourse. While every other Red Sox fan is sitting in bumper to bumper traffic on Sturrow Drive after the game, Dennis Drinkwater is at home sipping hot cocoa in his pajamas, getting ready for a good night's sleep. And that's what makes him the greatest beat the traffic guy of all time. So you have to see the video and uh, just 
Google Dennis Drinkwater beat the traffic guy and you'll see him. I'd never noticed this before that on those iconic clips of those monster home runs, the Manny home run that seems like it hit one of the Coke bottles and left. And of course the Ortiz home run, which was epic. There he is. As soon as the ball's hit, he's like, I'm out of here. And he turns to get down the aisle. Now, I don't know the physical layout of Fenway as to why he couldn't be on an aisle seat where it's a much easier egress. He does have to sort of elbow his way, as you see in the clips, past a few people to get to the aisle. And I guess he's got a way to get out of the stadium quick enough and to his car that's in the car park to beat traffic. (laughs) But he's not enjoying the moment is the thing. So is Dennis Drinkwater doing it right as a fan? Yes, he got to physically witness the home run for a split second. And then he started to run to catch his car. Did he, is the point of sports not to sit there and soak in the moment, to high five and to watch your baseball hero round the bases and get mobbed at home? Something kind of tells me, well, yeah, if you're going to stay to the end, you should stay to the end and enjoy the cinematic Hollywood ending. But that's just me. Hell of a story, though, and uh, good for him. Made a ton of money. Slinging glass, as he says in the video. Dateline, Scotland. We have a creepy clown terrorizing a Scottish town, and he is now taunting local police to capture him in a game of cat and mouse. This according to Sky News. The outlet reports the clown uses a Facebook account under the name of Cole Damos and allegedly threatened those around Skelmorley, a town located 35 miles from the country's capital of Edinburgh. I have a firm rule about these types of people. They should be arrested immediately And if they do not go peacefully, they should be shot. Public terrorizing with weird and or creepy costumes is not anything part of a civil society I want to be a part of. And even though you can technically say, well, walking around town with a machete is not a crime because I might have some, you know, underbrush. I've got to manually whack, whack, whack. I may be a landscaper, a gardener. So a machete is my tool to do so. If you are dressed up in a Michael Myers costume with fake blood all over you and you've got a machete, fuck that. You're you're going to jail. No, it, we're not playing them games. I don't care if it is all just for fun. I don't care if you would never hurt a hair on anybody's head. Jail. Dateline your government. I had to check this story three times to make sure I was not getting taken for a ride here. And maybe there's a bit more detail to it, but it doesn't seem like there is. So if you're an American citizen trapped in Israel and you want to get the fuck out, which is not a bad idea right now, and you got no way to get out, you can hitch a ride on an American vessel. However, those taking the American flagged boat trip from the government from Haifa will be charged by Uncle Sam for the ride. And you will have to sign an agreement to repay the U.S. government for the cost of the trip. 
Are you kidding me? Our government wastes so much money on so many things. Don't get me started. And yet they're going to charge American citizens who happen to be trapped in Israel, just want to get out for a boat ride? Wow. Sunday night football, too late for yesterday's podcast, but the Bills rallied to beat the surprisingly game New York Giants minus Daniel Jones with Tyrod Taylor doing Tyrod Taylor things. And it ended on a first and goal with no time left at the one that could have been another play had the officials called it in favor of the Giants, but they did not on what looked to me like a real clear holding, if not pass interference on the Bills on Darren Waller. Of course, when they went to the rules expert, Terry McCauley, former NFL referee, he was hopelessly and shamelessly in the tank for the referees, which Terry McCauley has always been. In fact, Terry McCauley once added me on Twitter, even though I didn't at him after a Niner-Packer game in which I kind of roughed him up a bit on Twitter and said, oh my God, could Terry McCauley be more of a shill for his former colleagues who are wearing the stripes? And sure enough, uh, this continues. Take a listen to this nonsense. Standing slot corner, trying to use the size advantage of Waller at 6'6". Johnson's 5'11", and you see the pull with the right hand. So Terry McCauley will bring you in, and Chris said it earlier in the game. When you get cloth in the grab there, you almost always see a holding call. Just walk me through from an official's perspective, this play. Yeah, Mike, it certainly wouldn't be holding. The ball's in flight. Mm -hmm. And, and, And had the ball not been in flight, that jersey pull is an automatic foul. We understand that. Once the ball's in flight... Now it changes what 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 that pull means. It has to significantly hinder the receiver. <laughs> and one can argue it did. Right. I mean one can argue. I mean you can see the neck area of Waller's jersey getting deformed by the pull by Jefferson. It certainly, you know, one can argue it, it it maybe didn't. But again, that's the level you're looking for for a foul. Does that jersey grab significantly hinder the receiver's ability to make uh, the play? Yes. Yeah, you bring up a great point because the rules change, the definitions change, as you so correctly said. I, okay, I, that whole misdirection of well, it's not, it's not holding; it'd be pass interference. That was an elaborate misdirection. He should have simply said, "They missed one here." Clearly, grabbing his jersey should have been a flag. They should have had one more play. Instead, he's got to say, well, you know, once it's in the air, it's no longer holding its pay. Doesn't matter! Did he grab his jersey? Let me give you this from Waller's perspective. The hold starts right here. You're going to see the grab. The jersey tug starts about two yards into the end zone. And now as he tries to put up the second hand to go make the catch, the continued hold is basically keeping that left hand from going up in the air. Now, I know that's a subtle thing that is very difficult, but there's no question. It was not difficult nor subtle, and there was a back judge right under the goalpost that could have called it, but guess what? The Bills were at home. The Giants are a scrub team going nowhere, and referees know what is or is not going to get them promoted. They know that the league doesn't want that call being made. They don't need a memo. They don't need a meeting. They don't need a Zoom call. 
That's called home field cooking. And it doesn't hurt that the Bills are one of the anointed teams. Which brings me to my stat of the day regarding Sunday night's game. Stat of the day. The Giants are the first team in the Super Bowl era to outgain their opponent, to have fewer interceptions, fewer fumbles lost, more time of possession, more total yards, and still lose the game. Behold, your stat of the day! Oh, well. The irony is you almost had Tyrod Taylor and the woebegotten Giants upsetting the Buffalo Bills as two touchdown favorites in on Sunday night in upstate New York on the road. You already had the Browns beating the Niners with their de facto third-string quarterback, um, and you had the um, Jets beating the Eagles with their backup quarterback. So every team is on this search. They're on a a never-ending quest for unicorns at quarterback. And yet at the same time, on any given Sunday, any old scrub can win a game for a team that is a heavy underdog. Trying to get my head around that, but it's sometimes hard. Tom Kim wins the Shriners in Vegas. Again, back-to-back wins. Only the second youngest guy to defend a title on the PGA Tour from one year to the next. And he was asked about his victory plans because he just turned 21 and the Shriners classic, Shriners children's classic, I believe it's called, is in Las Vegas. So, Tom, what are you going to do? So the hard-hitting question of the day. Last year you won at 20. This year you win at 21 in Vegas. Mm -hmm. What's the celebration going to be like? Uh, You know, I was actually thinking about this last night. I mean, if I win... Um, I knew I was going to get this question, but so it's rather if I take the red eye, but I'm not going to take the red eye. So I'm going to go 630 in the morning. I'm going to go back home. I'm going to finish. I'm going to finish um, a piece of chocolate that I wanted to finish. So I'm going to do that. And then I'm going to order room service and I'm going to go to bed and I'm going to wake up at three and take my uh, 630 a.m. flight. There you go. It's going to be exciting. Can't wait to finish that chocolate. I've wanted to finish it so bad. (laughs) Well, congratulations. What kind of chocolate is it? I bought it from, I bought it from a trip from Europe. It's a um, Roger Ferrero white, you know, chocolate. It's like, it's great. Like I've saved it. I'm like, it's going to taste so good tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Love this kid. So forget going out, partying, getting a bunch of strippers, spending some of that hard-earned money. Nah. He's going to finish his piece of chocolate. On the Live Tour, congrats to uh, your season-long winner, Taylor Gooch. $18 million for being the season-long champion of the Live Tour, which has now concluded its second full season. And I mean this when I say this. This was a brilliant decision by him. He was a supposed rising star on the PGA Tour, but had not really become known by anybody but us hardcore golf nerds. And he decided to go for the money. Smart. He's made a shit ton of money. And who knows if he had stayed on the PGA Tour, where the competition is much harder and the purses are lower, 
how he would have done. I applaud him for doing that. Now, this is the first year that the Live Tour is going to relegate some of their bottom feeders, which is particularly sad for me because I always loved watching and reading the Live Tour results and going, God, look at these scrubs. (laughs) These scrubs are always finishing in the bottom, the bottom five or ten spots every single week. Brooks Kepka's brother is out. I know. It's a tragedy. Chase Kepka, one of four guys demoted, I believe, uh, Charles, uh, not Charles, but I believe uh, Daniel Pyatt. I have forgotten all these guys' names already. I've already forgotten their names. Uh, Pi- I've James already Pyatt. forgotten his name. Uh, James Pyatt and I believe Siwon Kim. Not Siwoo, he's good, but Siwon, S-I-W-H-U-N. I believe is who it is. So they're starting to kick out the bottom feeders. They'll get new bottom feeders in there. The Liv hasn't signed any major entity in a while. And I'm not sure when they will, but there you go on the Live front. Speaking of the Live stuff, I do want to get Alan Shipnuck, who has written this book, Live and Let Die, who's a very well-respected golf writer, on the podcast to talk about it. He says, one of the many great quotes that I was able to get for the book, came from one James Hahn, Korean-American on the PGA Tour. He was the only player director on the PGA Tour board to vote against the player impact performance or PIP money that he felt should go instead to tournament purses. The PIP was this thing designed by the tour to go, well, who's our most popular players? And are they having an impact on the product? It was a way to pay under the table the likes of Tiger and Phil and a handful of other guys and Rory and Spieth to not jump ship to go to the live. So they created this metric to measure the PIP. One of the PIP metrics was so-called MVP index, which calibrates the value of engagement a player drives across social and digital channels. And the metric is derived by a company founded by Sean Spieth. Sean Spieth? Yeah, Jordan Spieth's dad. Jordan, of course, was a member of the board when it approved the PIP and approved his old man's company's involvement in creating the metric. Says Han, quote, how is that not a conflict of interest? I mean, Let's just have a pip of who cooks the best Korean barbecue and let my mom be the judge. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, that is that is number one bullshit right there. Was that reported widely by those who cover the PGA? T- no, no, I didn't hear about that. You didn't hear about that. Nobody heard about that. Let's take a quick break. You are listening to the Zabecast. When we come back, we'll talk to my guy Rezer about the where the car industry is now, where it's going, and what about that Derek Jeter ad? It's brilliant. It's stupid. And the music, who does that song? That and more next, right after this. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match 
with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If 2024 is the year you're jetting off to a new country, or even just want to expand your language skills beyond English, then I urge you to check out Rosetta Stone today. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program for over 30 years. Why? Because it works. Instead of drilling vocabulary words, with Rosetta Stone you learn by matching audio, from native speakers to visuals, reading stories, participating in dialogues, and other practical language skills that fast-track your ability to communicate fluently. Not only is it a more effective way to learn, it's more fun. Rosetta Stone's advanced voice recognition technology gives you feedback on how well you pronounce words. Other language learning apps use speech recognition to detect what you said. Rosetta Stone tells you how well you said it. Rosetta Stone offers 25 languages with lessons available on your computer, phone, or tablet. And with a lifetime membership, you get forever access to all the lessons for all the languages and never pay a renewal fee. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, ZabeCast listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. Just because the NFL season is now firmly in the rearview mirror does not mean the Betting season is over. Oh, no, 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 no. There is still plenty of opportunities to put a little something-something on the games. The NBA, college basketball, NHL, yes, golf. No matter what tickles your fancy, there is still plenty of action to whet your appetite. But just remember, where you bet is every bit as important, if not more so, than what you're betting on. That's why I tell my friends to go to mybookie.com. A-G. Oh, but my state just approved it. There's a big DraftKings fan duel, whatever. No, 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 no. Johnny come latelys. My bookie has been ahead of the game for years now. And why does that matter? Oh, I don't know. In a million ways. Better lines, better payouts, less rules, you name it. Plus, you get a bonus with me at mybookie.ag. Use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, and have your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Now, make sure you read the rules on payouts regarding bonus wagering. It does require certain levels of wagering to collect your money, but if you just want to bet straight up, you don't want the deposit, you want to make a one-time bet for a million dollars, win it, and then walk away, Fine, you can do that as well. That's a free cash bonus for making your deposit. Use promo code ZABE to claim the offer. Bet, win, and most importantly, get paid with my bookie today. 
Wait a minute. These lyrics sound familiar. But this is not the same song, is it? Wait a minute. I think it is, actually. Hold on. Oh, it is the same song. Who the hell does this version, Zabe? This is the Derek Jeter Wagoneer commercial, and yet it's somebody entirely different. Let's see if our next guest here on this some completely something different Tuesday on the Zabecast knows who this is. Good to check in with my man, Rezer, automotive industry consultant and a man who knows these kind of things. Do you know who this is singing I Drove All Night? I do not, Steve. Um, actually, I am I am stuck on this one. I do not have any clue who's singing it because I am more entrenched at uh the business side of me comes out and i can't i can't wrap my head around what i'm watching when i see this okay here we go this young lady when she recorded this was big in wrestling with lou albano does that now jog your memory oh my god cindy lopper cindy lopper with i drove all night which is the genesis of the song that I cannot get out of my head from the stupid Derek Jeter Wagoneer commercial that they're running on heavy rotation in pretty much all sporting events in the last month Uh, or two, which means the advertisement must be working because I can't get it out of my head. Now, I'm going to play for you the version, and I did a uh deep dive on this in regards to the ad industry trades. Mm-hmm. They commissioned a special version of this without a named artist to tweak it to reflect the more sweet and syrupy tones of poor Derek Jeter just trying to get home with his private jet grounded due to weather to his swimsuit model wife and his adorable little kids. All flights have been grounded. Heavy I have to escape. The city was sticky and cruel Maybe I should have called you first But I was trying to get to you Had no time to call her Just had to get in the wagon here and drive, Rezzer Yeah, I mean, I, had, I wish I, he had I, to wish drive. I could relate He had to drive, he had to dodge wolves the distance is nothing When he needs everything Okay, there it is, right there All right So this ad is both insanely annoying, stupid, yet brilliant on many levels. And as a man who understands the psychological nature of why customers buy cars and for what reasons, I think you can appreciate the appeal here. Let's start with this. The Wagoneer, when you were uh, working in Milwaukee Mm -hmm. for the Rust Arrow Group, you were saying to me, they're coming out with a Wagoneer again. This was three and a half years ago, I believe. Right. You're like, they're coming out with a Wagoneer again. They're resurrecting the brand. It's going to be an amazing SUV. Expensive, but amazing. 
I want to I want to do a promotion. We'll get you into one. You can drive one. Maybe do a contest. This and I'm like, Wagoneer? Are you kidding me? And I looked at the brochures and the pre publicity on it and saw the price tag a hundred and ten thousand dollars base model. I think right. Uh, yeah. It. I mean. Close for sure. I mean, uh, you know, hey, Steve, look at it this way. You only have to bat 310 lifetime with almost 3,500 heads to the major leagues, and maybe you can afford one today. Yeah, right. <laughs> Is that cheaters numbers? Yeah, right. Well, look, yeah. but here's the thing. So the brilliance of Madison Avenue is they're trying to sell you a car. And by you, I mean, obviously, the 1% that watch sports and are, you know, high-end managers and VPs and whatnot. They're trying to sell you a car based on the simple premise of you don't want to be a bad father, do you? You want to have a vehicle that can drive all night through bad weather and in comfort so you can get home to your kids to take them to school. Sure, it's $110,000, Rezzer, but Jeter has one. Don't you want to be like Derek Jeter? <laughs> Yes, yes, I, I do want to be like Derek I, Jeter. So I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> give me two, Steve. I'll take two. I mean, it's beautifully shot. I get the appeal, but wow, that's an expensive ride. Is it worth it? That ride. Let let, let me back up just for okay. two seconds on this to give you some to give you a little bit of uh, history with how they like to present their vehicles. Um, the one thing I will say is in terms of where you said they present it beautifully and how it's put together, it, it's appealing to the eye. It makes you watch. Um, even before Stellantis bought it, going years back, I mean, you remember the even the Chrysler 200, which, let's be honest, was not a great vehicle. Right. But they did the Super Bowl ad with Eminem. You watched it. They shot it beautifully. It was It was engaging. They've always had a very good job at telling you some sort of story. And that's what they're good at. The problem with these ads are they're not real good at showing you what you're buying. (laughs) And again, for 110 grand, the average guy is watching this saying, what is it? What is it you're asking me to actually look at? And, you know, you look at something like this now and it's, you know, Steve, I, I, I hate to be a cynic for it, but you look at it and they're pushing it so hard, but it's such a small segment of their business. Yep. And I understand that Stellantis really wants this to be a flagship vehicle for them. Meaning, here's what that really means when you hear that. We aren't going to make much money selling these. It's probably going to cost us more to produce them than actually sell them. But we want it to be the face. I get that. I understand it. But the truth is, it's I look at it, and in today's world, not to get, not to get off track, and I won't. But again, is it really relatable right now with what's going on in, outside of the world with external factors in people's households? Even the one percent, Steve, they didn't get to be there because they're foolish with money. They're very smart with their money. So you look at it and you go, do I really need it? Is it the right thing to get people to come in my door as a business? Right. It has to be a luxury, though. Even though the 1% are smart and they're smart with their money, once they have their money, they don't mind spending on themselves if it is a perceived worthy luxury. And that's where you wrap in the branding and the the pitch men 
uh, of impeccable integrity. And that's what Jeter is. Jeter is the cleanest, most impeccable athlete endorser. No scandals anywhere along the way. The only scandal was that it was rumored, Rezer, that when he played, he would right. send off his one-night stands with a black town car for a ride before Uber was a thing that had a gift basket in the car waiting for his sexual conquests that include things like chocolate-covered strawberries and autographed baseballs. <laughs> Brilliant! Uh, and it's obviously why Buick's not supporting him at this point. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So let me back up here. Stellantis, for those that are not super nerdy in the car biz, is the company name for what used to be Chrysler, right? Um, yeah, so... Which includes Jeep. Correct. And so the, the parent company is Stellantis, um, which is now the uh, majority owner of Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. Got it. Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram, that's Stellantis. Is that an American-based company, or was it a foreign entity? So the... The subsidiary now, the Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram brands are still all American brands. That that is, but there's there's a lot of uh, they get a lot of lawyers involved to keep it that way because obviously the parent company who bought in isn't based out of the United States, um, but everything the headquarters here is still it's still U.S. based. The cars are still manufactured in the same places. And they still run under a domestic brand here in the United States, or okay. a domestic label, I should say. Okay. By the way, for the record, I believe Jeep is making a great product right now, as is Ram. Yeah. I can't speak are. for Dodge, per se, but uh, I know that the Jeep I'm in currently when I'm in Milwaukee is outstanding. It is the uh, uh, Grand Cherokee uh, Overland Edition. It's beautiful. It's got a ton of tech in it. I believe it's got wolf-detecting radar, which Jeter's Wagoneer has. I have not mm-hmm. seen a wolf, so it did not detect the wolf, but it has detected deer, Rezer. It de- oh, I believe it. It detected a deer once, lit up on my dashboard, boop, 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 and showed that infrared for a deer that was at least 50 feet off the side of the highway coming back from Lambeau Field late at night. And I said, Wow. That's pretty impressive. Now, it does throw off some false heat signatures every now and then, but it's still Mm -hmm. pretty fucking cool. And that's part of why the price tag for these things gets going up and up and up and up. Yeah, I mean, when you start looking at the tech that's going into these cars, I mean, there's just there's a lot of factors that go into that. Number one, our expectations as consumers are, well, I had it in my last car. What's better this time? I want more, 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 because that's the society we live in, right? Sure. Um, the other side, there's obviously some external factors that cause pricing to go the way they are. Um, but, you know, now, it, back to your point about the Jeep and the Ram brands, period. I mean, I, it's beautiful because, you know, prior to what I'm doing now as a consultant, now as a consultant, Steve, I work with dealers of all brands across the country. Right. I mean, prior, when you knew me in my prior life, I was a representative for Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram for Stellantis. I ran those stores for the better part of the last 20 years between Detroit and Milwaukee. And now when I look at it, I can, I can speak freely. And the truth is my sentiment and my opinions have not changed. I believe Jeep number one, Jeep makes one of the finest SUVs in the marketplace. 
I get it. We all have our problems, but there isn't a car in the marketplace that somebody couldn't find something wrong with. But dollar for dollar, pound for pound, it's really hard with what Jeep is doing and the direction they want to go. It's really hard to argue the quality and what they're trying to give their consumers. Take price out of the equation. Price will always be the number one hang up for every consumer. We don't like to pay. We don't want to pay more. Nobody does. Join the club. But the truth is, they're they're staying on par with the top brands in terms of what's offered and what they're supplying to the consumer. The next one, the Ram brand. I mean, Ram has been one of the most dominant trucks in the marketplace for the last five, six years. And the truth is, they're not slowing down. Yeah. They're producing trucks that are formidable. They can do everything from the worksite jobs to it can be a family car. And the truth is, I was never a truck guy. And I think me and you have talked about this at length on a golf course. But I was not a truck guy. But when that new Ram, the iteration that's out now came out, I fell in love. And the truth is, I can like any car I want now. And it's hard to tell you that I don't want a Ram in my in my driveway. That tech and what they're putting in those vehicles is insane for an American-made car. Yeah, it's, it's really impressive. Yeah, it's beautiful. I call it a muscle cloud. When I had the, the Ram 1500, <laughs> it, yeah. just, it was so well-appointed inside, so quiet. And so luxurious, and yet it had just a big old heaping manly engine underneath it and a big old bed in the back. I wish they would make an SUV based on the 1500 frame engine and everything else. So in other words, just close up the back end of that Ram 1500. Boom. That's my dream car right there. Well, without getting into the specifics with you, uh, I'm a little rusty on the tech, but in essence, what you're looking at with the Wagoneer, Steve, is it It really is kind of, is I that mean, kind of, it? of the same tech. Yeah, I mean, it really is. Um, I mean, the chassis are slightly different, uh, if I remember correctly. And again, don't quote me, listeners, uh, but it's close. And again, Jeep and Ram have used the same powertrains, uh, the same transmissions for the most part, the same drivetrains. Their their four-wheel drive systems are interchangeable for the most part. They're just tuned a little differently. So you're looking at a lot of the same tech between the vehicles. But on that level where you said, Steve, you don't know, like, really what the direction of Chrysler and Dodge is, the rumor mill and what's starting to come out is Chrysler and Dodge are kind of starting to fade off into history. And uh, I I would, you know, I'm a – I'm a betting man, Steve, and you know that. <laughs> I would tell you that you're probably not going to see much from Chrysler or Dodge. At least it doesn't sound like it at this point. Um, and really, Jeep is going to become the forefront, and Ram is going to become the, the, the pit bull behind them. I mean, yeah. I really think that's the direction of the company. Probably so. So, uh, Rezzer, people have asked me, uh, you know, is it a good time to buy a car now? And I said, how do I know? Well, you buy cars a lot. I'm like, I don't, but I've got a guy who knows. That that would be you. My dad, God bless him, has been hot to get into a new car, and he kind of deserves it at this point because he's been rolling around in my 2010 Genesis, 225,000 miles on it. Still runs great, by the way. But, you know, so we went out to go look at it, and you walked me through where we are now. There's a lot of people out there that can't qualify for an auto loan right now because rates are so high. Is it a good time, bad time, or is it just a time to get into a new car right now? You know, um, I, I, you know, Steve, here's the thing. Um, I, I think there's a lot of opinions on this. 
And I think it really falls under, you know, what is your personal model for your finances? Um, and then again, I think if you asked 100 dealers across the country, I think you'd probably get close to 100 different answers. I think there's some markets uh, based on some of the dealers I work with, they are doing well. Um, they're, they're doing okay. And uh, those, those areas um, feel slightly unencumbered. But there are a lot of areas, on the other hand, where there are people who are really struggling right now. Um, the banks are tightening up. There's no doubt about it. Um, obviously, we used to always say, money's free, borrow money, 1.9, 0%. 0 What's the average loan rate now for a car? Average. So it, I, don't, I don't know across the country, so I'm not going to even pretend to know, but I know a lot of my dealers are seeing anywhere from, you know, 7% all the way up to about 12% for fairly qualified credit. Wow. And when I say fairly qualified, I mean you're somewhere in the, in the high 600s, low 700s. Um, I even know, and again, you know, it's a scary thing to say, but it's a truth, and you know me. I, I am not afraid of black and white and the truth, no matter what it does to me. But the truth is, is I have dealers around the country who, who I'm talking to regularly, who I'm looking, I'm looking through, you know, their reports and you are seeing people with 750, 775, 800 plus credit scores being denied for loans. And again, there's a, there's a lot of reasons that could happen, but there's a lot of very qualified people who, because of how the banks have just changed their, their and modified their parameters it's making it very difficult. And I use myself as an example, okay? Because it's easy to talk about myself. Why, did you get people. turned down for a car loan recently? I, Wouldn't that be I ironic? Believe it or not, I did. <laughs> Shut up! Um, funny enough, I, I, I am a cash buyer. You know, fortunately for me, um, obviously, Steve, you know my situation. Um, I walked away from the I walked away from the automotive retail market uh, about three years ago. Um, I retired. I'm using air quotes. I call. Uh, I call it. Golf. You pre-tired because you're not. You're not old enough to really retire, and you're not going to be down there at Boca del Vista playing shuffleboard uh, no, with no, Morty no. Seinfeld. So you've no. pre-tired, and you're kind of a you're you're your own shop now. You're a consultant, which is great. Correct. So so maybe that was it that they didn't see a job tied to you with like a W two, and they go, ah, oh, we can't loan this guy money. That is exact. So that's exactly what happened. Um, I am a, I, I am a, how do I say this without sounding uh, uh, horrible, but I am what you would consider a very well qualified buyer in terms of assets, credit score, everything else. The but, one thing I didn't have is a, a work history over the last 43 months. Yeah. They're like, Most who is this guy? Who is this correct. weirdo who's pre-tired at such a young age? Correct. They looked at me and said, well, without a, and again, when I was in the industry three years ago, it was even high then you needed, you needed roughly a 38, 39 month work history to really get over that hump and not saying that people without jobs can't buy cars. But again, like you said, because of my age, because of what the heck is this guy doing? it, It, you know, it's abnormal. They looked at me and said, well, you're qualified across the board other than this. So we can't give you the loan. And again, I looked at it, I looked at him, and at the first sight, I, you know, I wanted to give him a, I'm sorry, what the, did you say? <laughs> you know, but I understand because I was in the industry for so long, I understood and obviously a uh, very fortunate situation. So I was able to get my car, but 
it cost there were a couple more zeros on the check than anticipated originally unbelievable but yeah well when you look at someone like that and then you see what the rest of the the country's going through it it's difficult right now for the average consumer to be able to buy a car the way they should be able to all right are the is the supply chain back to normal it depends who you talk to are they um, producing as many cars as they did prior to so 2020? It depends what, so it's depends really on the brand. close to the brand. So obviously the imports are doing very well because they're not going, let's take out of the, what, what all happened during the pandemic, if I can even use that word anymore. Um, but obviously it takes time to, to turn it all back on and to get up to speed and to get the parts you need for production. So they were just trying to get their feet under them again. And then what ends up happening is, obviously, if people aren't aware, the UAW, the United Auto Workers Union, a couple of weeks ago went on strike. And it is, it's very messy, and that's as kind as I can be. It's a very messy situation. Um, so they have shut down not everything. They do it systematically. Um, there's a lot of nuance to it. But for the most part, um, there is a lot of domestic production shut down right now. And the other big part is the parts depots were shut down, which is unheard of. And what the parts depots are is where all the parts for your cars, when you get your cars fixed, when you get them serviced, when they're building cars, and they, it all comes from parts depots. And right now, the the union has really stuck it to the manufacturers and the OEMs, and they've shut down parts depots. So there's a little bit of uh, there's a lot of chaos right now. So when you're talking in terms of can I get a car? You can get a car. There are cars on on dealers' lots. There's no doubt about it. But the one you're specifically looking for, don't hold your breath. Yeah. I follow a guy on Twitter who goes by car dealership guy. Mm-hmm. And I'm he's, familiar. Okay. And he's he's developed a pretty good following, but he's also put out some you know, pseudo apocalyptic tweets and threads like, Oh my mm-hmm. God, this is going to be huge. And if the, with this trend continues, you won't be able to find a used car within a 12 state rate. you like some very dire things. And then uh-huh. all the conditions change. And I follow him again. I check in on his account and I'm like, yeah, whatever happened to that thing about all that terrible stuff that was going to happen. And basically his new slant is, well, I can't believe it, but it didn't happen that way. So I guess even guys who are in the biz, who see what's happening and believe they've got a good beat on where it's going. Sometimes they, even they don't know. Nobody really knows. Correct. I mean, there, there, what people, it's hard to understand. Um, What's hard to understand is sometimes when you go into a car dealership, you think the automotive world is so big that they're their own Island. They're in their own bubble. And the truth is, is the automotive industry is just another financial industry. The banks dictate almost everything the automotive industry can do, will do, how they do. It's all dictated by them. Right. So, again, how much do we truly know? I mean, I get it. There's guys on Wall Street who know these people, and they're very good at it. But the average people like you and I, Steve, we don't know it until it's news, right? We don't know the rumor. We know the news when they tell us. Right. So the truth is, is as the wind shift, it can seem very apocalyptic. And very quickly, those winds can shift, but vice versa. You can feel like everything's going right, and then all of a sudden, here comes chaos again because one little hiccup in the financial industries can completely detrimentalize the entire industry. 
which yes. is kind of where we're at. We, we have a perfect storm right now. But the one thing I will say about the automotive industry, it has stood for a long time, Steve. They're pretty good. As long as there's shareholders to answer to, I'm going to tell you, these guys are going to find a way. It right. might take longer than we want, but they're going to find a way. You're driving a loan. You're not driving a car. That's what you're driving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're driving yeah, a loan. That's what it is. It's a it's yeah. a financial instrument. And, you know, the other thing that is hard to account for is how will the herd of Buffalo, which is us consumers, which way will we run? How will we scatter? Will we mm-hmm. head off up into the hills? Will we split into two smaller herds? Will we sit tight and wait out the storm? You can speculate. But you don't know. And that dictates a lot of what's going to happen. Right. You know, it's 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 very easy for um, us to fall into. It's very easy for us as, as consumers to fall into echo chambers. Let me put it like that. Right. Where we like to do research, right? We're all attached to our phones. We all have the Internet. We like to do our research, especially when we're making a purchase. Whether it's a home, a car, or something on Amazon, we're going to read reviews. We're going to do the homework, right? But then all of a sudden, you start going down because your biases kick in, just like anything else. And you start reading the good and all the good because you want the good because you want to reinforce how you feel. Yeah. And again, that's where you can get those false negatives in a marketplace. And I warn my dealers of this all the time. You guys want to just look at the good, and then you focus on the bad in your reviews and everything else by saying, okay, how do we fix it? But the truth is you fall into an echo chamber where you say, well, everything's okay because we have 99 good reviews and one bad review. You fell into an echo chamber. What's the truth of the consumer out there right now? And the truth of the consumer is there are a lot of families out in middle America, in, in the middle of the road, middle, you know, good incomes, um, but they're not spending right now. They're smart, Steve. We are not stupid as a consumer nation. There are more smart people than people think. Yeah. And the truth is, there's a lot of justification right now when people are saying, well, maybe we need a new car. We got a car. It's eight years old. It's got 200,000 miles on it, but it's running. And they're going in and they're doing the homework and they're getting through the process. And at the very end, they're saying, you know what? This just doesn't make financial sense for my family. My family comes first. Yeah. So again, another external factor that dealers need to start taking and the, and the corporations need to start taking into account because it's affecting their business, but because they want to live in their echo chambers, they don't want to believe that that's a real thing right now. They want to say to their teams and to their sales managers and their salesmen, well, why didn't you sell them a car? Well, it it had nothing to do. You didn't offer them bad service. Your product isn't bad. It didn't change. The problem is, is the external factors are are stopping you from doing the volume you're used to doing because people are saying my family comes first. Yeah. The cars are so good now. That's the thing that's crazy. It's funny how some people don't give two shits about cars. They're like, just whatever to get me around. I don't care. You and I are from the same cloth of, man, look at how nice this is. Look at how cool Mm -hmm. this is. Look at the innovations. Look at everything else. Even in pedestrian uh, vehicles like my Kia Carnival van, I mean, right. it's loaded with great stuff, and it rides great. And every time I drive it, I say to myself, I can't believe this van is this good at $34,000 base price. It's hard to beat, isn't it? I mean, you know, I, I have a lot of import dealers that I work with, and uh, 
obviously I was an American car guy for the majority of my lifespan in the industry. Sure. And I, I will always bleed for this country and for our automakers. And I think they make tremendous. I've been a huge proponent of a lot of American made vehicles, but I'm going to tell you what right now in today's world, back to that again, there are companies like Kia, Hyundai that are making tremendous products. They are putting together some absolutely beautiful vehicles with incredible amenities and the price point makes a whole heck of a lot more sense with where the current rates are and what the lending looks like to the consumer than what the american automakers are putting out it's just it's that simple it's not about a bad product or a good product from the american automakers it's just it's more affordable all right, five minutes on FTX uh, because you're my crypto guy sure. as well. Sure. Uh, <laughs> real quick, so there, so Sam Bankman-Fried. Let me give a quick yeah. primer on FTX. FTX was the uh, front facing for consumers. Hey, you want to get into Bitcoin and that kind of stuff and other non-Bitcoin digital alternatives? Don't worry, we've got FTX and it's safe and it's fun and it's wonderful. And you can invest and feel like you're doing the smart thing. Because look, we got all these celebrities, Tom Brady uh-huh. and Larry David, and, and even financial experts like Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank who are vouching yep. for this. Well, turns out it was run by a bunch of fucking Nimrod children, basically, mm-hmm. who said, oh, we're here to save the world altruistic capitalism and they then went and they robbed one half of the pile of money to go enrich the other half of the pile of money and build these huge palaces down in the bahamas and everything else and the whole scheme blew apart and fell apart and now this guy sam bankman freed the so-called wonder child who was on all these magazines and hyped up as he looks like a child and he talks like a child but he's brilliant trust him he's on trial and it's a fascinating story. Right now, his complaint is his Adderall is wearing off during testimony, and he wants like an allowance, Rezer, for more Adderall. Uh-huh. <laughs> and by the way, we want to preface this all with allegedly. 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 Right, he, has alleged, he allegedly has stolen a bunch of money from FTX shareholders to yeah. use in a completely illegal manner on a whole right. different trading firm that they had control over. Now, from what I've understood, all of his nerd accomplices are turning on him in testimony. Here's the best part, Steve. Let me start with this. And and again, you you again, we have had long conversations. You've probably heard me say this. Right. But I am I am a fan of linguistics and I believe words matter, language matters. And I there is one line that sticks out to me from his attorney that is it's so telling to me that they know what it is. It's now just a matter of burden of proof. And again, I am not an attorney. I am just giving my insights and my opinions. But the the quote is, Sam did not steal from anyone. He did not intend to steal from anyone. Oh, God. Wait a minute. Did he not steal from someone or did he steal with no intention to do it? Let me read the line again because it takes a minute to process this. Sam did not steal from anyone, period. He did not intend to steal from anyone. <clears throat> Wait yeah. a minute. What are you telling us? Whoops. I didn't mean to. Can I get right. off with a slap on the wrist? 
the other part of this, as anyone who follows the story knows, is that he is very politically connected with big-time Democrats, and his parents Mm -hmm. the same. And his parents were regulators that were supposed to watch over this kind of shit. They might have been in Uh on the scam with him. And so I think there is a 50-50 shot that he gets away with it. Not all of it, but at least a huge chunk of it. This asshole should be in jail right now. He was allowed to be, you know, under uh, house arrest at his parents' place. And then they busted him for using the Internet when he wasn't supposed to use the Internet. And when he, he was at his parents' place, internet, Steve. He was using a VPN, <laughs> which is right. a huge problem to anyone who understands the situation and what a VPN does. Yes, that is a huge problem because it cannot be tracked. And the whole point was the court said you can as long as we can track it. So it's yeah. a huge problem. Yeah, and you he know, was also he was also reaching out to potential witnesses to try to uh-huh. further shape the narrative on. Hey, listen, if they ask you about this, uh, just tell them. Blah, 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 blah. Like, totally illegally. In a sane world, this asshole would literally be in a jail right now, waiting trial. You know know how I feel about a lot of things externally to this, Steve, but I'm going to summarize this for the listeners real quick. We we are not, (laughs) my favorite line, I'm no pig farmer, but I know what shit smells like, (laughs) right? And this is what we're dealing with when we look at this. This guy stole, and I, I... it's an approximation, but I believe the number they have now. Some people have said 10, some people have said 12, but I believe the number they have at this point is $8 billion. $8,000 million, as Correct. I like to say. I don't like saying billion. It washes over people's brains. $8,000 million he apparently stole, Correct. allegedly. And, and this guy, here. here's the thing. This Bernie Madoff is... Bernie Madoff is cheering him from the grave right now. This guy has, this guy has pulled off apparent, allegedly and apparently to, to even the layman, this guy has pulled off an unbelievable stunt because here's why I say that it's not done. And here's the truth. Somebody's going to take the fall for this, whether it's him, his parents, or they find another Patsy that Caroline Ellison, maybe that it was his girlfriend, the Almeida girl, whoever it could be. Someone's going to take the fall. There's no doubt because they need somebody to go down. But here's the here's the kicker to this. This guy gets busted. He gets taken in. He's being advised left and right to just shut your mouth. This guy stole eight billion dollars from clients, and it's 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 known. And this guy's going on taking. He's taking interviews. He's going on television. Oh yeah. He's going to, to New York to do the New York Times thing with Andrew Sorkin. Yeah. I mean, this guy doesn't know how to shut his mouth. Or and the, or he knows. At the end of the you know, day, three men. ain't shit yeah. going to happen to him because he's well too well connected. Uh, Which is very possible. It's uh, it's just something else. And you could say, well, who cares, Abe? I'm not into Bitcoin. And if you were dumb enough to believe Brady and Giselle Bunchen and invest money from those Super Bowl ads, then you deserve what's coming. Yeah. Okay, well, today it's FTX. Tomorrow it's uh, your 401k. So, you sure. know, we should be prosecuting guys who steal a shit ton of money uh, mm-hmm. just as much as anything else because it'll affect all of us in the end. If it was you and me, Steve, or if it was any one of these people listening right now, or if it was the bank manager at your local bank, those guys would already have, we'd already have federal charges. We'd be locked up. They'd be throwing away the key, and we'd be doing everything in our power to try to get an appeal hearing. Right. This guy's running free, spending people's money, saying, I don't know where it is, but he's buying, like you said, beach houses in the Bahamas. 
in the tens of millions of dollars. And everyone, oh, you must just have, what? Freeze this guy's funds. He owes people money. It's just, it's, it's idiocracy. Yeah. It's, it's coming to light. And you're right, Steve, because the final point to it is, if you don't nail them for this, it emboldens other criminals is what that does in financial yeah. industries. And that's my opinion. And what happens is, like you said, is it my 401k next? Are the banks out of line? Are the hedge funds out of line? Yeah. Who, who's supporting it? Yeah. Who's making sure he gets away? All right, Rezer, uh, good luck to your Jaguars. They seem to be hitting their stride, my friend. And we'll talk soon. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks, Steve. All right. Uh, we'll see what happens. All right, buddy. Take care. Take care, Steve. Talk to you later. There you go. And it's gone. Uh, what? <laughs> it's gone. It's all gone. What's all gone? The money in your account. It didn't do too well. It's gone. And it's gone. What? <laughs> Sorry, yeah, that's gone. Yeah. And it's gone. Let's end on a high note of sorts. Did you see Tyreek Hill's touchdown celebration on another sick TD scored by running way faster than anyone else on the football field, making it to the promised land, taking it to the house, and then finding a fan, a security, someone who was in the perimeter down on the grass in the end zone with a cell phone. And Tyreek Hill runs over to the fan or whoever it was, grabs the cell phone, and then proceeds to do the cleanest, most athletic, land on his feet like a cat, backflip, while holding the phone, currently taking a video. It was a video selfie of a backflip. Well, when I saw the play, I'm like, that's that's fucking next level. That's the best thing I've seen since T.O. took a Sharpie out of his sock. Best thing since Joe Horn pulled a cell phone out of a goalpost. Well, I kind of forgot about it, didn't mention it on the pod yesterday, and then was reminded today, like, oh, yeah, where's that video? We'll get a load of this. According to Barstool Sports, somebody posted the video from the phone of Tyreek Hill doing the backflip with it facing right in front of him, posted it to the internet, and then the NFL took it down. Are you kidding me? Partly because the NFL thinks, well, because they penalized this touchdown celebration 15 yards because you're using a prop, and that is on the books now because it was getting a bit out of hand. People were picking up the pylons, and they were doing all this other stuff. So props involved in celebrations are a penalty. And they're going to find Tyreek Hill as well. But they should have the discretion to rescind the fines and or use some judgment on the penalties. Hell, if a referee last week can tell a Chiefs player who takes off his helmet to protest a P.I. call, hey, put your helmet back on. And if this week the Bills can get away with a blatant defensive pass interference or holding call in the end zone, which would have determined possibly the outcome of a game in which they're one of the favorites. Oh, I'm starting to put this two and two together here. Then surely they can look the other way on Tyreek Hill doing something awesome and unprecedented. But no. So they apparently took it down, but the post I'm seeing on Barstool Sports shows the video of him flipping, holding the phone perfectly in front of his face. You know, it's too bad that Tyreek Hill has a very bad history and did some very bad things to his girlfriend. 
but he's been a pretty good citizen ever since. And so therefore, when I see him do what he does on a football field, I say to myself, damn, that dude is unbelievable. All right. Thanks for listening. Tell a friend, rate and review, please. The algorithmic overlords. Hope you didn't mind the detour today from the normal sports, sports, sports. Tomorrow is church day and we'll get more sports, more fantasy football, post-Charger Cowboy Monday night football game. Anything interesting happened in the two baseball games, we'll have them for you as well tomorrow. And I appreciate everybody who downloads and subscribes. Have yourself a great Tuesday, everybody, and we will see you next time. Just because the NFL season is now firmly in the rearview mirror does not mean the betting season is over. Oh, no, 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 no. There is still plenty of opportunities to put a little something-something on the games. The NBA, college basketball, NHL, yes, golf. No matter what tickles your fancy, there is still plenty of action to whet your appetite. But just remember, where you bet is every bit as important, if not more so, than what you're betting on. That's why I tell my friends to go to mybookie.com. A-G. Oh, but my state just approved it. There's a big DraftKings fan duel, whatever. No, 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 no. Johnny come latelys. My bookie has been ahead of the game for years now. And why does that matter? Oh, I don't know. In a million ways. Better lines, better payouts, less rules. You name it. Plus, you get a bonus with me at mybookie.ag. Use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, and have your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Now, make sure you read the rules on payouts regarding bonus wagering. It does require certain levels of wagering to collect your money. But if you just want to bet straight up, you don't want the deposit, you want to make a one-time bet for a million dollars, win it, and then walk away, Fine, you can do that as well. That's a free cash bonus for making your deposit. Use promo code ZABE to claim the offer. Bet, win, and most importantly, get paid with my bookie today.